0: The opinions expressed on Vincentian Voice are solely those of the guests appearing and do not necessarily represent the opinions of the Sisters of Charity of Nazareth or of Vincentian Collaborative System. Welcome to Vincentian Voice, a voice for seniors and their families, with Vincentian President and CEO Nick Vizaka. Since 1924, Vincentian has provided compassionate care to Pittsburgh area seniors. You can learn more about Vincentian at www.vcs.org. If you have any ideas for the show, email Nick at ceo at vcs.org or call 412-548-4054. That's 412-548-4054. And now, here's Nick.
1: Hello and welcome again to Vincentian Voice. I'm your host, Nick Vazaka. Our guests today are Patty Embry, Vincentian's Vice President of Innovation and Decision Support, and Jennifer Vallette, a Senior Design Student at LaRoche College. Thank you guys for joining us today. Thank you. So, Jennifer, I, I want to talk a little bit about, I know at, at Vincentian, we've talked about intergenerational opportunities, and, and we're so proud in, uh, to be working with uh, LaRoche on different opportunities uh, intergenerationally with seniors, um, elderly folks, and, and college students. And one of the things that really interested us, and you approached Vincentian about a project you were doing on intergenerational um, and social isolation. Can, can you elaborate a little bit about, you know, what what got you started? What really interested you to get into this field and take this on as a project?
2: Right. So for um, our design senior project, we were all just kind of challenged to approach an issue that maybe is going on today um, that we're passionate about or, or things that we think need change, basically. And I've always been interested in social isolation and and who's really impacted by it in terms of demographics. And I I really understood this issue last semester when I took a religious study course And I realized that the content itself wasn't really what was interesting me. It was the, it was the classmates that made up the course. Sure. So we had a lot of, you know, younger, typical college students, but then we also had moms taking the class. We had, we had, you know, older adults taking the class. And I think when we got into discussion and really talked about the discussions and the content in the course, we had so many different perspectives and we were able to really learn so many different things from each other. And I think that's what I took away from that course. And I really learned so many different things just because of, of the very various demographics of the class.
1: So I think that's interesting when you mention that, because when people think of college courses, right? You think of the 18, right. 19, 20 year old, mm-hmm. um, learning. But as you said, to have mom in the course or somebody, and then now you have this, the, the class spans the range of ages right. and you're also looking at, you know, the different aspects of social isolation. And to be honest with you, I think, you know those folks the moms and the dads that take that class i think they may be interested because they're not too far off right i mean and and how do you combat that and i think one of the interesting things and people know i, I like to read and, and and look at different studies but there was actually a study that was done uh recently that attributed compared social isolation to this having the same effect on on people's health and their mind as smoking 15 cigarettes a day right I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty substantial and, and something that we really need to look at and worry about. And, and Patty, you know, I wanted to ask you too. I know that you've done a lot um, with Jennifer. I mean, Jennifer's done all the work, obviously, and I'm sure you're proud of everything that she's done. But, you know, maybe explain a little bit or talk a little bit about, um, you know, the Vincentian relationship that went on with, with Jennifer and how we helped her, um, get to where she is.
3: Absolutely. Well, when Jennifer approached us, uh, we were really excited about this because part of your um, process in your program and your project was to interview some of our residents, and we were able to offer you that opportunity, and you talked to our independent living uh, mm-hmm. residents and you did a survey right? and the survey was really just a, a happiness survey, mm-hmm. correct? Uh, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about what you did there and what the results of that was?
2: Sure. So a lot of what social isolation has to do with is just our overall happiness. So we tend to isolate ourselves and and be lonelier when we don't feel maybe a sense of purpose or when we don't have strong connections with others. And so I kind of wanted to just get a general idea of, you know, are you happy where you're living in this independent living? Are you Do you feel, um, fulfilled? Do you feel like you're, you're doing, um, interesting things? You're meeting new people? Are you happy where you are? Um, so some of the questions were kind of silly in terms of, you know, from, you know, if you had a superpower, what would it be to, you know, do you feel like you meet enough people? Do you, do you like meeting new people? So those types of questions, just to get an idea, you know, are, is this place meeting my needs or or what can we do to, to make, more fulfilling lives for ourselves as we get older, so that's kind of just where that where that survey went, and I got really interesting feedback. And some of the answers were, you know, I want to be with younger people. It was just flat out, you know, I don't I don't want to live with people just my age. So I, it was good to have those open ended questions to really understand yeah. what they were thinking.
1: Yeah, and I th- I think one of the things too, what what I'm seeing, whether it's you know observing firsthand or reading, is you know as folks get older, people think you know they they are less of a contributor to society and, you know, things are moving fast now, right? Amazon right. and Google and what do these elderly people know about that? But, you know, I really think that there's a lot to learn from these folks, the, the seniors. And to your point, I think if you isolate them and cast them aside, um, and actually there was a, a an, again, a really good article in the New York Times about the, you know, casting elderly aside and, and they become almost like hermit crabs, right? And they just, they isolate themselves from everybody. And it's it's sad because it's it's they look at it as almost self-inflicted, but they've they've kind of um, you know ostracized themselves from society, and society looks at them as somebody who can't do the things that they used to do. And I think your project and what you're bringing to light really shows that that you have to live with a purpose, right? right. And I think you have to the things that that these seniors do; they have to feel like there's still a purpose there. So I think you going and asking them these questions and providing this. You may think it's, it's something really easy, right? It's for your project. But to them, it's an opportunity for them to open up. And there's mm-hmm. not a lot of people that, that actually will do that for them.
3: Right. And there are so many just a skill sets that are disappearing oh, absolutely. Uh, with that generation that could be mentored to the younger generation. And I know as part of many discussions that we've had you had a concern about your generation not communicating right. well, right? <laughs> and not being able to actually have face-to-face conversations with adults. And you were very interested to see how this project would fare out for them also. So did you uh, see anything happen with that? And right, yeah. So I
2: wanted to kind of mention, actually, just last year, the University of Pittsburgh released a really big study surveying over 1,700 college students, um, actually aged 18 to 32, on just their usage of social media Mm -hmm. and how that really affects isolation. So they researched 11 different social media platforms, and they found that those that visited at least 58 or more times a day had three times more likely to feel socially isolated than those that visited only like fewer than nine times. So they felt a lot of negative feelings, decreased social belonging, less fulfilling relationships. And so the more you isolate yourselves and and focus on social media, technology, Um, the more lonely you're gonna feel as a person in, in real life. So I found that, you know, social isolation just doesn't impact, you know, 65 and older. It's also a really big problem for, for my generation. And so that's kind of how I got into this intergenerational living because I feel like it could help, it could help both ends of, of the spectrum.
1: Yeah, and I think that's, that's a great point, Jennifer. And I think I wanna tackle that a little bit more when we talk about social isolation and, and how that affects young people, old, old people, how that's killing us. And, and I'd like to do that right
4: after we come back from this break. When you or someone you love needs to recover from surgery, a fall, or illness, trust Vincentian Home in McCandless, recently rated five stars by CMS. Enjoy personal attention in a state-of-the-art rehab center with a caring, knowledgeable staff and amenities like private rooms and restaurant-style dining. You'll be well on your way to recovery. Click vcs.org or call 412-548-4100 to learn more. Vincentian Home. It's all about living.
1: Welcome back to Vincentian Voice, a voice for seniors and their families. I'm Nick Wazaka, Vincentian's President and CEO. If you'd like to join the conversation, please email me at ceo at vcs.org or call me 412-548-4054. That's 412-548-4054. Again, joining us today are Patty Embry, Vincentian's Vice President of Innovation and Decision Support, and Jennifer Villette, Senior Design Student at LaRoche College. Thank you again, ladies. Thank you. So before the break, we were talking about the effects of social isolation on young people and old people, um, and and really how it affects them differently. And I think a good quote from an article—it's it's it's about a year and a half old now, almost two years old—but that really I think is something that we can expand upon. And it's a quote that on here says, you know, a great paradox of our hyperconnected digital age is that we seem to be drifting apart. So as we have more technology and the kids are things are getting easier. And I'll be honest with you, I, I look at. I see this all the time. And, you know, Patty, you probably see this with your kids. I see this with mine. You ask them a phone number. They don't remember it, right? It's on their phone. Jennifer, you, you're shaking, you're nodding your head. Absolutely, and, yeah. and you <laughs> know that too, right? So it's that digital age. And I think things have gotten a lot easier. But as things continue to get easier, we get into that, you know, the Jetsons where everything is done for us. You know, this older population, they weren't used to that. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the things that they did, they did for themselves. Right. And so the more technology that there is, the further apart that we're taken. So, you know, Jennifer, I think I'd love to get your opinion on, you know, how social isolation affects young people as well as seniors and the differences.
2: Right. So, I mean, you can just think of, you know, going to a restaurant. I mean, if you go to McDonald's now, you can order from from that new screen that they put in. So right. you don't even have to talk to anybody. And I think our generation, I mean, we can order food online. We don't even have to talk to anyone. Exactly. And so I think we're we're growing up with that with that mentality that, you know, we don't really need to interact with anyone anymore. What's the point? Um, So I think that's a, that's a really big, a big part of it. You know, we can isolate ourselves, sit in our rooms and just watch Netflix and order food online, order Amazon. So I think that's just that's like the biggest part of it.
3: Yeah. They,
2: it's a preference. Uh, do you think it, it's a fear to talk to
3: people face to face?
2: I think it is a fear. I think I don't think we've been we've been trained enough to, you know, I think we, like in terms of etiquette like basic interaction I agree I know coming from a millennial <laughs> myself you're like what? what is she talking about but I I mean my mom has always tried to instill that in me I mean my college friends are afraid to talk on the phone they ask me to do their conversations for them
1: no, and no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's funny you say that because yeah and I know you know my, my son would kill me when I, if I say this because I've mentioned him a few times but you know I'll say order a pizza and he'll go what I can't you know, do that, like, can't, can't do that. <laughs> right. or yeah give me give me my phone I'll order it online right. so that you know to your point but but when you look at this this senior generation that's there now. And although, you know, we're trying to instill some some projects and some pilots um, to get them more connected. So just as much as your generation is afraid to pick up the phone and call, that generation is terrified of the iPad or the iPhone. Uh,
2: Absolutely, yeah.
1: or, Or Alexa or whatever it is, right?
2: Yeah, and I think there's also this stigma, right? That like, you know, the younger generation doesn't understand exactly what the older generation came from. And that also the senior citizens, maybe some of them don't show a respect or understanding for the younger generation. I think it kinda goes hand in hand that we come from different times, so we don't maybe understand exactly how we operate or how we work.
1: Something interesting that I've observed and I've also read about and I think that a lot of seniors are misunderstood. Right. And I say that because a lot of times, especially the younger generation, so well I'm not going to approach that person because they're just grumpy. Right. They're mean. Um mm-hmm. you know they're they're old and mean. That's not the case. Absolutely not. Right? Yeah. I think it's they've been they're so isolated and they're, to your point, they're terrified to mm-hmm. speak that that comes out, right? And it comes out as a, as something negative when, when you get to know them and you have that conversation with them and you let them open up, they're not mean or grumpy. It's, it's what we've created. It's almost what society has created in these people, right? So I think what you're doing in, in the project that, that you're doing could really shed some light even for the millennials that, you know what, there's nothing to be afraid of and vice versa.
3: Sometimes, uh, it's just basic uh, needs, maybe a hard of hearing and they're not necessarily understanding oh, what the jet, you know, people are saying to them. But I do have to bring this up because it's pretty funny. You know, we're in the process of doing the pilot with our independent living. And I know you've had K4 connect on right. the radio show previously. And it has just been amazing to watch the seniors. We have 10 uh, seniors in our independent living who are working with iPads and doing technology and doing social media. It is this past maybe three weeks, they have really gravitated to all the social media, posting pictures and messaging each other. And they are having a ball of fun. But the first couple weeks, it was very frustrating for them. They were aggravated trying to learn the tool. But once they got it, now they're having fun. And Mm -hmm. it really is just, you know, getting over that fear. And right. I feel like both generations have to bridge that gap. Absolutely. And uh, come together and putting them in the same um, environment and being able even maybe to house them in the same mm-hmm. places really start to break down those walls. Yeah, and
2: that's a challenge I'm having with my project. You know, I explain my my intergenerational housing project um, to maybe professors or to other faculty and that's always the question, you know, like how are you going to get these people to come together? How are they going to overcome, you know, that fear and how are you going to really invite them and engage them in one common space? Cuz it's not going to it's not going to be that easy at first, but Right. but that's a really important part of it.
1: So I think you know, we've been talking a lot about the different effects and how it affects uh, young people and how it affa- affects seniors, but I think what I want to give you the opportunity and this is your kind of few minutes of, of fame is to really explain what the project is because you are sure. a senior and you're going to be graduating here soon and you have, you have a captive audience. Let people know what, what actually is the sure. project you're doing.
2: Um, so for interior design, we all have senior projects. Um, and basically you are to design any building you want for any particular purpose. It's, it's basically free reign, whatever you want to do. Um, and so with this social isolation and intergenerational living, I've kind of come to the Sisters of Divine Providence building, which is right next to La Roche College. Right. Um, so you basically pick a site and you, you design it for whatever purpose, whatever need, whatever, whatever you want it to be used for. So it's basically going to be a a residential assembly mixed use building that is going to be for housing both young and old for intergenerational living. There's going to be, um, co-housing, co-living, co-communal spaces. And there's going to be kitchens, libraries. I want it to be a very engaging space for learning and a place right. where both the young and the old can learn skills. Maybe an older adult has a cool recipe that they want to share or a family pastime memory that could really influence a young culinary student. You know, something sure. where we can really engage both demographics. And I think this intergenerational space could really do that.
1: So it's just, this is something... So I understand it's not something that the sisters of divine providence are going to say, Hey, Jennifer, here's, oh, no. here's 10 million dollars. I Go do this, but it's a concept no. essentially, uh, right?
2: Yeah. All of these are hypothetical. Well, um, well, and, and but,
1: I, but yeah. And I got to be honest with you. I think this is something that we've talked about in our own independent living to allow, you know, have younger folks, college students actually live. Right. on an independent living community mm-hmm. with seniors and, you know, provide activities and provide social interaction. And in exchange, you know, we'll, we'll give you a reduced rent or, yeah. or free. And yeah. I think just to, to start to, to create that. And I think that that's something that is it's fantastic and i know it's a concept but you're not far off i think this is something that's going to come sooner rather than later and it's going to benefit not only our seniors but it's going to benefit Mm -hmm. our our younger people too and i do want to talk a little bit more about you know some of these projects and and more intergenerational opportunities and get your thoughts as patty and i and vincentian are doing a lot of projects and i wanted to get a perspective from you Mm -hmm. um and i'd love to do that right after this break
4: When you or someone you love needs to recover from surgery, a fall, or illness, trust Vincentian Marion Manor in Greentree, recently rated five stars by CMS. Enjoy personal attention in a state-of-the-art rehab center with a caring, knowledgeable staff and amenities like private rooms and restaurant-style dining. You'll be well on your way to recovery. Click vcs.org or call 412-548-4100 to learn more. Vincentian Marion Manor. It's all about living.
1: Welcome back to Vincentian Voice, the voice for seniors and their families. Again, I'm Nick Vazaka, Vincentian's president and CEO. Joining us today are Patty Embry, Vincentian's vice president of innovation and decision support, and Jennifer Villette, senior design student at LaRoche College. Thank you again, ladies, for joining us. Thank you. So before we went to break, we talked about Jennifer's project and the Sister Divine Providence uh, building and the concept. And as I mentioned, you know, we have... several projects that we're trying to do um, intergenerational. And I know that Jennifer, you have some examples too from across the city and in the region. Mm Um, that you know, we had Laura Poskin on here not too long ago, and Age uh, Friendly Greater Pittsburgh talked about. But um, I wanted to get your take, Jennifer, on on some of these, and and Patty, maybe if you can go ahead and elaborate on some. And I know Leading Age is doing some great ones too. But if you can uh, bring some of these up, and let's let Jennifer uh, see what she thinks. She's the expert here.
3: Sure. So you know, uh, Generations United and Leading Age just published a wonderful article in generational programming and senior housing from promise to practice, and they have a number of examples. Uh, programming that is happening around the United States, you know, from music and arts, social visits. Um, they have technology uh, programs. But even right here in our own homes, we're doing a number of programming uh, with even local high school students. Um, we have one program that's going on currently that's uh, Seniors Friending Seniors, and it's a, a pen pal program. And it's early on, but it's really doing quite well. I mean, to watch... The seniors that go back and
1: forth. I think Patty, you know, I plug my son Luke a lot and I think (laughs) you're you're being a little bit uh, modest here. I think you need to plug Kenna, uh, your daughter, because she's the, she's the brainchild behind this. So be, be a proud mother and, and feel free to, to give her all the kudos. So.
3: All right. So you can't see me smiling from the here, <laughs> but yes, I will. So yes, it's Pentrofford High School and they have a senior project and I'm very proud of her. She has been doing a wonderful job with this and to see the interaction with the seniors and of both high school and of our own residents is amazing. So, you know, to see this type of programming happening is great. And even within our own staff, you know, we're going through sensitivity training. Um, to understand how we can best communicate with our, our residents. And that programming alone is helping right. us to understand how to put the generations with our staff and our yeah. seniors together. So, I mean, there's a number of things that are going on from technology to the arts to music. And and I know, uh, Jennifer, you've uh, been working and talking to Laura from that. Right, yeah. So I'm sure you have some chocolate. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. She had um, sent me um, the action plan for Age-Friendly right. Greater Pittsburgh, and I was really interested in in that literature, and I found some really, really interesting content. Specifically, um, a woman noted on here, as you grow older, you need those neighbors and community environments, not only to keep you young in spirit, but to know that there's always somebody there. Exactly. So I think these older adults have that peace of mind, knowing that there might be someone younger and someone fresher that can really keep them alive and, and full of spirit. And so as I was reading this, I felt kind of confident that Pittsburgh would be such a great a great place for this intergenerational environments to really take place. From, you know, the art scene, Pittsburgh Cultural right. Trust, all of the art programs and the events that are put on annually. I think it's, what, 2,000, 2000 events every year that the um, Cultural Trust puts on. So right. if we can get these intergenerational um, events and activities together for both of these demographics, whether it's with art and music, um, that could be really beneficial for, for our area.
1: Yeah and I think I want to go back to the project the the pen pal project because uh, on a previous segment I know we talked about uh Jennifer said you know a lot of your friends are even afraid to to get on the phone right. and so I think what that project does it brings it back to the to the basics right we're not texting we're not typing anything on a computer. These kids and these seniors are actually handwriting pen pal notes to each other. I mean, it's, this is as basic as it gets. It's, it's a pencil and a piece of paper Mm -hmm. and, and the interaction happens. And to see the questions and the interaction, it's incredible. And I think, you know, you brought up 2000 events in the cultural district. You know, that's a lot. I mean, I want to not to jump around, but when you look at Allegheny County, and I know that this was, there's numbers out there and, um, The the Allegheny conference has put numbers out. You know, we're we're talking about a half a million folks that are going to age into 65 or older in the next, Mm -hmm. over the next 10 years. That's a lot, you know, and and the last thing we want to do is what do you see on the news? You never see those statistics on the news. Listen, nobody's talking about it. What they're worried about is how are we going to fill these jobs when these folks retire? Oh my goodness, let's get Amazon. Let's get Google. Let's get this. Hold on a second. I'm saying time out. What about these half a million people? Mm -hmm. I don't want them leaving the region we they built this region we want them to stay and again we're going to this social isolation there's no different we're kind of saying we're done with you the steel industry's done you know you're done teaching you're done being the bus driver get out yeah. no that's not what we want we mm-hmm. have to be able to take care of these seniors and we have to be able to, to allow them to live with a purpose Um and what you had mentioned with uh, the quote that you got off of age-friendly greater right. pittsburgh you know you're Again, the study that I mentioned earlier that was done about a year and a half ago, there's a quote in here that says about one-third of Americans older than 65 now live alone, mm-hmm. and half of those are over 85. That's a big number. I mean, and, and who checks in on these people? You know, who mm-hmm. just, even if it's a phone call, a conversation, a lot of these people don't even have a conversation with anyone. They sit in their homes all day, and they're isolated. And people, you don't have to have a face-to-face visit. You know, mm-hmm. it could be a phone call. Um, so I think there's a lot of opportunity and there's a lot of things that that we could do. What are your thoughts, Jennifer, on what Vincentian is trying to do in, in trying to have these intergenerational opportunities and include students from La Roche and high school students? What, what are your thoughts?
2: I think it's, it's really important and I think it's a really big step right now. I, I know that we've talked previously about, you know, high school involvement that you guys have had with Vincentian. Right. And the students that have been impacted that you've, you've told me about and how they've really made friends basically and really learned a lot with just basic advice. And I think there's not a lot of that elsewhere. I, I, right. I think Vincentian is really making a, a good positive step in that direction. With my research, that's, that's a lot of what I've seen in this area in terms of intergenerational environments.
1: And, and look, I don't think, you know, Vincentian didn't create this. And no, isn't the, right. right. I mean, there's others in this region that do it well. There's many mm-hmm. senior communities that are extremely well respected, and I respect every leader of those senior communities and, and their workers what i would say is i would challenge them to step it up and join us um and and help us um you know there's many seniors in this region um that could really benefit from the expertise that we provide that you provide uh, but we have to we have to stand up and do something about it um, and you know I'm, I'm very passionate about being able to to allow these seniors to age in place age with a purpose and really start to to interact and I think, you know, one of the other things I want to to, to bring up b- before we're almost out of time, but I do want to make sure that I want people to understand everything we just talked about today. This didn't come from some large in university with, you know, 20 30,000 students. We're talking about LaRoche College in our backyard, you know, a small, private Catholic college that we're just so proud of. Um, we're so proud of Jennifer. And I think, you know, if, if anyone out there is listening and has any ties to LaRoche or you know sister candice uh, you know president of la roche you should be proud of jennifer and be proud of all of your students and what they're doing and how they are impacting the lives of many in this region uh, and please keep doing what you're doing uh, we're we're just so honored to just be a small part in jennifer's studies and in la roche's studies and hopefully that relationship will continue unfortunately that's all the time we have today on vincentian voice i want to again thank our guest patty Embry, vincentian's vice president of innovation and decision support and jennifer villette a senior design student at La Roche, who I am convinced and positive is going to do many great things in this world. Thank you again, ladies. Thank you very thank much.
0: You. And thank you again for joining us today. And God bless. Thank you for listening to Vincentian Voice, a voice for seniors and their families with Vincentian President and CEO, Nick Vizaka. You can learn more about Vincentian at www.vcs.org. If you have an idea for the show, email Nick anytime at ceo at vcs.org or call 412 412- That's 412-548-4054. Join us right here on Talk Radio 1320 next Sunday at noon for the next episode of Vincentian Voice.